Welcome to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, a place for healing and hope for couples impacted by betrayal resulting from infidelity and or sex addiction. Your hosts are Marnie Breaker and Dwayne Osterland, licensed marriage and family therapists, certified sex addiction therapists, and founders of respective treatment centers in Long Beach, Los Angeles, and San Diego, California. Marnie and Dwayne co-created Helping Couples Heal, a comprehensive program for couples recovering from betrayal trauma, including an in-person two-day workshop, an online aftercare program, and this podcast series is the first component of the program. Thank you for listening. Marnie and Duane are committed to helping you recover from the devastating impact of betrayal trauma and are honored to support you wherever you may be in your healing. If you've lost hope, you've come to the right place. Now, take a slow, deep breath, and let's begin with the Helping Couples Heal podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Helping Couples Heal. This is Marnie, and I'm here with Duane. Hello, everyone. It's good to talk with you guys again. Yeah, we are. We're sorry. We've, we haven't been around, and we know that. We've been talking to each other for what feels like a couple of months about having to record another episode and release something. And and so we, we, we want to assure everyone that we are truly doing our best to, um, to try to be more consistent with our podcast episode releases. And... And Dwayne, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, well, I just wanted to, to appreciate all the listeners out there who have told us how meaningful that Helping Couples Heal has been to them and just just the encouragement and the support. We we just really appreciate it. It's good to hear that. I was really touched this last week. We got a an email that came in from someone looking for some help and the person acknowledged specifically that we haven't released an episode and was asking, are you going to be putting out any more podcast episodes? I've listened to all of them so far. I know. I know. So we have a good topic today. You want to introduce it? We thought this would be a good good thing to talk about that we see come up a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to talk about the concept of being stuck. And that can mean a lot of different things for couples. You know, there's lots of different times people can feel stuck, um, a lot of different ways that people can feel stuck. So let's clarify what we mean and what our intention is for today. So what we're going to be talking about is a situation where we have a couple and the person who has been betrayed is in a lot of pain and wanting safety, wanting that experience of the scaffolding that we've talked about in in a past episode. But their partner, the one who has done the betraying, is still engaged in some of those integrity abuse disorder behaviors, you know, like the gaslighting, the actively lying and denying and, and, and transferring blame and uh, being very hurtful. And um, they might even be sober. So again, talking about how the sobriety might, piece might be there, but if the other behaviors are going on and the partner who's been hurt does not feel safe. There's a feeling of being stuck for that partner. Like, what do I do? And it's really important for us to talk about, well, in that case, the one who's done the betrayal needs to find their way to the help that they need, right? To stop those other behaviors so that the couple can hopefully get to a point where they're able to engage in couples therapy and where we can introduce interventions like co-regulation. But in that earlier stage, right, where there isn't the safety and there's still those abuse behaviors, what does the partner who has been hurt do? Because to look to the one who's hurt you in that state, right, where that person is really not capable of helping you because they're still 
in the the integrity abuse, right? So what do you do? What do you do when that happens? I know that is such a hard situation for partners who, who have been betrayed to, to be in. What I would say is that if, if the person who's done the betrayal is still actively engaging and they know they're doing it, you're really not going to be able to do any kind of healing work, right? But um, so if they're actively engaged in their addiction, they're not taking any kind of responsibility, they're not showing any efforts to do anything differently, then I don't see how the relationship is necessarily going to move into that co-regulation part. I think one part I would say, though, is that there is this kind of gray area where when we're healing and maybe we've had, if we're the one who's done the betrayal and maybe we have our own early early childhood trauma, that we we may respond in ways that still have some of these elements in it. But it might not be in, with that intentionality of deceit and uh, hurt or hiding or secrecy. It may be responding from old habits of, of being. And we have to work in that framework. And that can be difficult. And I think that that can be confusing also for a partner who's been betrayed when that person sees evidence that the other person is changing slowly. They might see these moments of transformation or moments where things are different, but then it goes back to the other way, right? Because of what you just said, right? And so, so that's really confusing, but still I think it's important to say that if the person who's been betrayed ultimately feels like even if there are moments, even if there's some pieces of evidence that things are changing, until that person really does feel safe and that those moments are happening more often than the others, right? Then they have to decide where they're going to get their help from. Where are they going to get their support from if they're not safe enough to go to the one who's hurt them right, for repair? Yeah, definitely. And and I would also add this to, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about that emotional attunement that so many partners who have been betrayed are seeking. They want that attunement. They want to know that their pain is understood, that it's seen, that it's recognized. And a lot of times I think that's where partners really get stuck. And this could be for a lot of different reasons. The person who's done the betrayal has their own childhood trauma that may make it difficult for them to do that. They may have a difficult time attuning and really being present because maybe their own shame or guilt or or their own deficits, right? And that can definitely kind of create that stuckness, that feeling of like, we're not moving. And, and for both people in it, the person who's done the betrayal is like, I don't know what else to do. I'm doing everything, but I, I just, I'm going quiet because I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to do. And my partner thinks I don't care and I don't know how else to handle it. What I would say, that's a clue probably that you're you're not attuning to your partner and maybe you could work on attunement and that might help you in there. And then going back to the other side where if someone is actively engaging in these integrity abuse disorders, they're actively gaslighting, they're actively holding secrets, they're not engaging in transparency, they're not willing to be transparent, it's going to be a real challenge to have co-regulation. You might not even be able to get there. And for the person who's been betrayed, that might be a place where they have to set some firmer boundaries around what they need in the relationship. And that was exactly what I was going to say, Dwayne, that at that point, 
This is where the really hard, hard work comes in for the one who's been betrayed because it becomes really important that that person is willing to say, as much as I love this person, as much as I can't imagine, right, not being with this person, I have to set a boundary and have a consequence because I need to feel safe. Right. And going back to the the interview we did with Stan Tatkin, remember, like one of the most powerful things in that in that interview was when he said, I think I asked the question, what was it? How how can the partner heal? I can't remember the specific question I asked, but Stan's response was the partner that's been betrayed has to be willing to take back the power. And I really agree there in this way. It means that partner A, you've been betrayed right? And you're wanting healing from partner B, but partner B is not there. Partner B is still engaging in all of those, you know, abuse um, abuse symptoms and behaviors. Then either you're going to let that continue and continue to be miserable and to feel unhappy and, you know, all the trauma, or you can say, this is not going to work for me unless you actively engage in some kind of program where you're getting all of those behaviors under control and you're learning to be in it, to have integrity and to stop lying and to stop gaslighting and to stop doing all of that abuse stuff, then what I'm going to do to take care of myself is X, right? You can't force the other person to get help. You can't force them to join a group that you've heard from someone else is a fantastic group, right? You can, you can want that and you can even make the request. But at the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to do. So that's when you have to have a consequence. Is it a non-negotiable for you that this person actively engage in a program where they start to show up differently, right? Where they're not being abusive, where they're not lying. And again, you can't count on the other person to just do that. You have to be willing to say, this is my boundary. And if you're not going to do it, I am not going to engage in our relationship, right? I'm not going to engage in trying to heal to heal from something that you have done to me, right? If you're going to still be acting out in various ways, I can't do it. And what I do see over and over again in our line of work, Dwayne, is partners who are really betrayed, so traumatized, desperate to heal the relationship, but their partner, the one who's hurt them, is still doing these behaviors. You know, these, again, even if there's sobriety, they're still not acting in a loving way. They're not participating in helping their partner heal. But the partner who's been hurt isn't really ready to, to, to stop it. So they're stuck. That goes back to that stuck part. So they're stuck and they don't know what to do. And if they're actively engaging in those behaviors, yeah, the, the only thing I think you can do at that point is to have some boundaries and say, this needs to change or this relationship might not be tenable. We, we may not be able to have this relationship. And then if if you're on the other side and you've done the betrayal and you're like, well, I, I, you know, she's telling me this or he's telling me this and I can't, you know, I don't know what else to do. What I would say is, you know, that's where you have to put on your detective hat and you have to ask, my partner is missing something, right? They're, they're not feeling safe. Let me be curious and try and understand what would help them feel more safe. Right. If you're if you're stuck there and and express that curiosity, help me understand how this might work for you. 
The problem that we see, though, is a lot of times because of the early childhood trauma or other types of interpersonal developmental trauma, a lot of the people that we see coming in for having betrayed their partner, often they don't have that skill of being able to be curious, that the shame gets so big and rises so fast that they right there they shut down or they get angry and that's when they go back into those offending behaviors. So that's why groups from for for one who's betrayed, right? Um intimacy groups, doing the individual work, joining a 12-step program, doing all that work is so important because likely if you don't have that skill, you're not going to just get the skill. Right? You have to learn it and then practice it. Absolutely. And that's the hard part is this balancing maybe the shame and guilt and that early childhood trauma and that responding with being curious and asking those right questions. It all comes together. And that's why most people who are working through this need need support. They need support to walk through that. They need to go to the places where they can get the skills that can help them develop some of this. And I truly believe that empathy is something that we can work on, that we can practice, and that we can nurture within ourselves to be able to be better at it. I think a lot of the times when people are stuck, it's that a big part of it is that emotional attunement is not happening. It's not working. And the person who's been betrayed isn't getting that understanding they need, mm-hmm. right? So if you've done the betrayal, really dig in and understand betray- uh, betrayal trauma. Dig in, understand what your partner's going through. Really put yourself in the shoes of your partner that you've betrayed and really try and understand it and step out of your own shame. However, you can do that, getting support in by a coach or an individual therapist or a group or 12 step or wherever it is, get it so you can you can show up. Yeah. And you know, something that just came to mind that I wanted to just throw out there is that, as I said at the very beginning, people can be stuck in various places. So we've been talking about one particular type of being stuck, right? Where, where one person's just not willing or ha- just hasn't done the work yet, right? But I also want to point out because some people might be like, well, like I'm thinking about somebody who might have done the betrayal, listening to this podcast and thinking, my God, I've done the men's group. I've done all these things. Um, and my partner, we still are stuck, right? Like, I have done these things. I'm no longer doing the gaslighting. And so I want to point out that also sometimes it just takes a while, right? Like we're dealing with trauma. So I don't want to give anyone the impression that just joining a group or doing some work or ceasing the gaslighting, right? Stopping stopping the deception that that's suddenly going to make everything okay. If you're you're dealing with, you know, years of having been betrayed, it's going to take time. So again, I just want to make clear that you can still be stuck even if both partners are doing the work and trying really hard and, and practicing these new skills. So also have some patience, even though it's, it's probably incredibly frustrating. And the last thing you want to do is to be patient. But that's just the reality of what we're talking about is that it doesn't change overnight and there's no quick fix and, and really be willing to set the boundaries that you need with the appropriate consequences in order to find the safety that you're needing. That's the message, I think, more than anything in this in this episode. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it takes time and patience and a lot of fortitude to, to go through this. But uh, both you and I, I know we strongly believe that change is definitely possible 
that people do change. We see it all the time. We see it, but it is that really deep effort to really just dig in and do something different. If something's not working or you're stuck, then then change it. Try a different try a different way of doing it. Try reframing how you're thinking about it. Don't give up. Keep looking at it. These skills are buildable. People do heal and do get through it. I sometimes am so amazed when I think back to, you know, some of the workshops that we've done, you know, over a year ago. And then we're still working with some of these people now, you know, whether it be in a group or in our aftercare program. And we actually see huge differences, like big relational shifts. It is some of the most rewarding work, I think, for you and I. But we really do see it. And we, we, we remember, you know, the way clients came into our workshop and the level of defensiveness and how high the shame was and all of this. But, but watching the process, watching them actually do the work and then learn the skills, right? it's, it's amazing. It does happen. We, we want everyone listening right now to hear that no matter, no matter, regardless of whether you're the one who's been betrayed or you've done the betrayal and how stuck you might be, it can change. And it often does change. However, you in large part are responsible for how and when and how quickly it might change right? by your willingness to do the work. And I'm going to add this out here, and this might be a little bit of a Uh, not what everybody wants to hear. And sometimes that change may be that relationships do end, Mm -hmm. but it might be the right thing and the, the right thing for everybody involved in that. We also realize that is a reality as well. And I want to put that out there because some relationships don't make it. But what I see over and over is when people dig in to themselves and to be the, their best self, whatever the outcome, but they are, they live more rewarding lives that are more meaningful to them. Even if there is pain and some hurt and some loss and some grief around that in the end, it's still um, the, the best. Yeah. I was, I was just thinking that, you know, we hear about people that have been in this loop for like 10 years, five years, six years, seven years, you know, 10 years, and there's so much pain and suffering. And the partner who's been hurt will say, what do I do? I don't know what to do anymore. And at that point, it's like, you have to decide if you're willing to just stay in this when you're not seeing evidence of change. That's where it could be the best thing to choose to leave, right? Again, our the name of our company, Helping Couples Heal, it shows, you know, we believe in healing relationships. But I do really think it's important, Dwayne, to drive home what you just said, that there's only so much a therapist or a coach or a helping professional can do if you don't have a willing participant. Absolutely. Right. And so if you, if you want to heal your relationship and you've been hurt, but the person who hurt you, it's been years and they are not giving you any evidence of the willingness to make the necessary changes, then you have to look at yourself. You have to talk to somebody. You have to get the support that you need to decide whether you're willing to accept this and you're going to stay in this and stop wanting it to be different, right? Because you're accepting that it's going to be the way it is or to look at it and say, no way, I'm not accepting this. This is not okay. And I'm going to figure out a plan to get my needs met at this point. And you know, sometimes that can be within the context of staying in a relationship and sometimes it, it can't. So, you know, I would say instead of being attached to the outcome, be more attached to 
you know, getting your needs met and finding safety and taking it one step at a time, right? Just being on the path, being on the path, the right path for you. Absolutely. All right. Well, I hope that this was helpful. Me too. I hope that, you know, I feel a little out of practice with doing <laughs> doing our podcast. So I hope that I hope it was helpful. I hope that we made sense. I hope that that filled in some gaps for some people. You know, as always, continue to take these concepts to the people that you are trusting with your care. Talk about them with people that you feel safe with and continue to ask questions because that's how we grow and that's how we heal. And I would just say, if, if you have questions, you know, join our Facebook group and ask questions there. We, we, we do look at that and we can't respond to every, everybody in there because it's, it's big, but um, you know, we do, we do look and, and when people ask questions, we, we try to try to answer them as best we can. We know these, th- these are complex issues with a lot of moving parts and it can be really challenging to follow them all. And as human beings, we're, we, we have a lot of complexity too. So yeah, this, this conversation today was inspired by um, a thread that we saw on the Facebook page, you know, from a couple right. weeks back. So, you know, that group is helpful. Um, it's also a free resource. And I also want to say, without sounding like a sales pitch, that I truly believe for anyone listening to this who's in the, the shoes, you know, where you've done the betrayal and you're finding yourself in that stuck pattern that we talked about today, if you're not in a men's group, I highly encourage you to get into a men's group and not just any men's group, right? There's lots of groups out there. So especially if you're not struggling with your sobriety, right? But you are struggling with the integrity piece and your partner is feeling that you are abusive and um, still gaslighting and transferring the blame and denying and just living from that place of shame then joining a men's group that works on those skills, right? And that is tailored to people that want to stay in their relationship. That's really important. And I would add a trauma-informed men's group, that the, the, a, a group that understands betrayal trauma, because it, it is really important for the people in that group to help you learn how to respond to that or to help even talk to you about the impact of trauma. Sometimes we can't see it in the people closest to us. We have to have someone else kind of show us and then we can see it in our partner. So being in a group that understands that process and appreciates that is really important as well. Yeah. The gr- and the group is a group that really teaches you how to be relational. And that's why it's so important. So when you've, when you've betrayed your partner and you're wanting to heal the relationship, being in a relational group is really the the best anecdote, and I and I will say, Dwayne, that you know, in an attempt for us to try to use gender neutral language as much as we can, we we are saying that a men's group is really appropriate for the men who betray. We we also feel that being in a, in a group for women, if it's the woman who finds herself in the in the shoes of being the betrayer, same thing to get into a group where you're focusing on how to help be to, to how to help heal your relationship. How do you heal your partner? Right, and how do you learn the necessary skills to rebuild a relationship after betrayal? Absolutely. So we apologize again for the lapse in connecting with you all, but hopefully we'll be able to connect again very soon and release another podcast. Until we see you again, please take good care and treat yourselves with kindness. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, where your healing is the number one priority. If you'd like additional resources about betrayal trauma or to learn more about the workshop, please visit helpingcouplesheal.com. 
If you're finding the podcast helpful, please support Dwayne and Marnie in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma. If you are finding the podcast helpful, please support Marnie and Dwayne in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with someone you care about. Once again, thank you for listening. We're grateful for your trust and look forward to continuing to support you on your journey of healing.